Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Music Journal and this week we're celebrating our 10 episode milestone, woo, we've done this yeah. for, uh, for a while now, and sorry for the late episode, uh, well, we, it, was, it was, I blame Jonas, but it's fine, <laughs> and yes. let's jump, as, oh, <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to say as I'm recording this, I'm in my empty room, um, which basically means I we are moving. So that's why I've been having to delay the podcast. So I'm sorry for the people that actually listen to it. But uh, <laughs> well, yes. Anyway, let's just uh, get right into it. First off, yes. Uh, is uh, on our release radar segment we are going to talk about Lana Del Rey's uh, new album Ken Trails Over the Country Club which we've been hyping up for quite some time I know we talked about the single uh, the title track way back so uh, it's mm-hmm. I think it's a very enjoyable album it's a, quite an experimental album of hers it's not like pure pop it's quite a, a bit toned down, mostly slower tracks, but her vocals are quite awesome on most of these tracks. And as always, she's a great songwriter. And I would say some of my favorite tracks of the album is the uh, the title track "Came Trails Over the Country Club." Contemplating God under the chemtrails over the country club. Uh, white dress with. When I was a waitress wearing a white dress, look how I do this. Look how I got this. I was a waitress working the night shift. You were my man. Which has a really like almost. It's kind of a falsetto, but not really. But it's such. Like she's going on up to such a high pitch, and it's it's quite an awesome track, and also the track "Wild at Heart." It's almost like kind of country-ish. She has kind of like country sound in some of these songs, like almost the Tulsa Jesus Freak and such. But yeah, it's overall it's a very enjoyable album. Yeah, I, I definitely, I definitely agree. One thing that I kind of find funny though is how in White Dress she kind of just stretches out the word. She's like the business conference. I just kind of find it kind of funny. It's almost ASMR ish. Yeah, exactly. And like you said, she sings in kind of a falsetto, but at the same time, she kind of starts whispering almost. Yeah, definitely. Mm, yeah. But I mean, the album in general very much reminds me of The Fall, and I believe some of the inspiration may have come from that time of the year. Um, and I also love how it opens up with a bang, but then it just, but then with For Free, it just kind of softly closes out again, you know? Yeah, it kind of brings it kind of brings you on this joy joyous adventure, if you will. Yeah, definitely. 
Uh, I've heard a lot of people saying that they prefer the first uh, half of the album because the second one is more toned down and kind of slower. But mm-hmm. I I think it's a matter of personal preference. And overall, I would probably rate this album at a strong 3.5. I mean, um, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I would also say that this is like around a 3.5. Um it's it's a really great album, and uh, I I would just like you to say that Jack Jack Antonov did a really great job at producing this album. It's it's very great. Yeah. Yes. And next up on the list, we're gonna talk about "You All Over Me" by Taylor Swift, featuring Marin Mortis. Um, now this song is from The Vault, so to say, so this means that this song has previously remained unreleased, but since Taylor's releasing uh, her own version of Fearless again due to the whole Scooter Brown fiasco, we're getting this song. So in general, I would actually say that I enjoy this song. Many people have said that this is kind of like Clean's Little Sister. Uh, which, I mean, doesn't make sense because Fearless is older than 1989, but, you know, whatever. (laughs) But in general, um, I'd say it's a very touchy track, which I really love. It's it's very much classical Fearless Swift, I would have to say. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, if you, uh, while listening to his track, you can clearly, like, hear the essence of the fearless track like you can almost pinpoint to which swift era this song originated from and i mm. think uh, the addition of mary morris's vocals worked really well because this is kind of a country track and mary morris is quite a, a big contemporary country uh, artist so i think her vocals complement taylor's really well and mm. uh, yeah overall yeah. this is quite an enjoyable track and i will probably mm. rate this a very strong free i think mm. i'm excited to see what what other tracks she has stored in the vault mm, yeah i'd go the extra mile and i'd give it a 3.5 not hashtag not biased at all and <laughs> <laughs> um, moving on to a uh, first single of demi lovato's upcoming album I was- It's Dancing with the Devil, and this is such a powerful track, because it, uh, in this track she tackles her uh, overdose, which she ended up almost getting, she became unconscious, I believe, and wound up in the hospital due to an overdose. So it, this track is kind of her processing that, that whole uh, uh, event, and talking like she she'll never do it again and like how much yeah how it affected her and it, I, I think uh, the song writing this song like the uh, lyrics are very strong and her vocals are even stronger i think this is a solid track and yeah i i think this i think it's interesting when artists depicts uh, depict uh, 
uh, real life events from their lives. So I would probably rate this track at a solid 3.5 because if you combine the vocals to the songwriting, it's quite an emotional track. Yeah, I definitely agree. I, I mean, um, I would say that you know Demi Lovato is very, very strong for opening up and opening opening blah, blah, opening up about something like this. Obviously, it's a very close and personal at heart thing to to speak about, but to make it into a song, you know, props to her for you know battling her demons, I guess you can say. But um, overall, the way the track is produced. It kind of reminds me of, um, like, it's somehow influenced by the Bond sound, I guess you can say. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I I just kind of, reminiscent in my head, I just kind of began thinking about Skyfall by Adele. I think I saw but, some comments saying, like, the next uh, title, uh, next James Bond title leaked or something about <laughs> the, uh, the song. Yeah. But yeah, overall, I'd say I'd give this track a three. It's a really good track. Yeah. And next up, what we're going to talk about now is the return of Lil Nas X. Woo. Uh, he's recently dropped a track called Montero or Call Me By Your Name. Call me when you want, call me when you need, call me in the morning, I'll be on the way. I love this song, like, so much. Um, for anyone that's been keeping up with Montero, or Lil Nas X, as his stage name goes, you'd know that this song has remained unreleased for quite some time, since back in July, I believe. And I guess you can say it has kind of become the cornerstone with Lil Nas X fans. Mm, but in general, um, I'd say that this song in itself is a real bop. It's been kind of hard for me to decipher what it's actually about, though. I mean, um, the music video is, it's like all over the place. Obviously, Lil Nas X is, he, he strip pulls down to the devil and then gives him a lap dance. Huh. And, and I mean, I, I guess it has something to do with his coming out, especially considering that um, the, the track is his own name and he personally said on Instagram he he left like a note to his 14 year old self about you know him coming out uh, as gay and stuff but, yeah um, yeah go ahead Alvin I think uh, this track will ushers in the new era and the new uh, image that Lil Nas X is going for like he's going to be completely open and expressive and not like uh, suppress any feelings or yeah, like mm. uh, the the whole uh, old town road thing wasn't really he uh, uh, what what he he's all about. But the, I think mm. the the next up uh, this um, uh, Montero track really uh, um, st uh, begins a new era of Little Nasex, which in which he'll probably be quite true to himself and express whatever he feels like. And as the, far as the track goes, I would probably rate this at a very strong free. I think it is quite a bold track, but I think it, it delivers quite well. Yeah, I, I'd absolutely agree. Um, I'd have to say that, you know, as an artist, Lil Nas X has really bloomed over time. And, you know, he's gotten way more, he's gotten far more personal to his music than he has, like, two years ago when he released Old Town Road and such. But... Um, 
in the overall score, I would give this song uh, a solid, a solid three point five to me. Yeah, and moving on to uh, Tate McRae's uh, newly released uh, second uh, EP titled "Too Young to Be Sad," and uh, we've been talking about this before. We've actually basically reviewed most of the tracks already on our podcast. Mm-hmm. It features You Broke Me First, uh, Rubber Band, Slower, Are You Okay, and two brand new tracks called Bad Ones. And I Wish I Loved You in the 90s. And I must say, mm. I'm, uh, she's been hold uh, bad ones, and I w- wish I love you in the nineties are actually some of the better songs of on the record. Uh, we can uh, talk uh, like bad ones is a great pop pop song. It's it really fits uh, the Tate aesthetic very well. And I think I wish I love you in the nineties is more is the most organic sounding track off of this album it has some almost acoustic guitars while the other tracks are quite electro beat ish you know what i mean yeah i get you and overall i would probably say you broke me first is obviously one of the best tracks on the album i will also say i mean it's hard to pick a favorite off of this album it's basically all of her great songs so all of them are great yeah I mean, uh, I'd say that this is definitely a decent record, um, but I'd have to say that preferably I do prefer all of the things I never said. Uh, and that's not to say that this is a bad, bad record. It's just not as good compared to what she's done before, in my opinion. Um, I kind of feel like I Wish I Loved You in the 90s, though, is kind of a relatively big departure from what she's done previously. It's a perfect closure to the record. And the guitar strings in the background is very fitting to the personal track that it is. But, um, I mean, I'd say that, you know, I was kind of hoping for more original tracks. Um, it's kind of sad that we got, like, um, more songs that we heard before. Like, you know, we, we've already heard Rubber Band. We've already heard Are You Okay and such. I mean... It's fine to release those as singles, but I mean, uh, I don't know, man. Like, she released basically the entire EP as singles, so there wasn't too much left mm-hmm. to uh, explore. Exactly, exactly. Uh, but um, overall, I would rate it. Um, I would rate it on a solid three, definitely. <laughs> I like the pro- I like the production and the songwriting is very immaculate, if I do say so myself. Um, I just, I just wished for a couple of more new songs, you know, not ones that we've heard before. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, I think a three is a decent score to rate this uh, track, uh, this EP. And uh, moving on from our release radar, we have a special one of a time, one of kind segments called top our our top ten songs of all time because it is our 
10 episode uh, uh, celebration we will uh, Jones and I will each uh, break down our top five songs of all time I actually have an honorable mention which I could get through really quick and it is standing in the safety zone by the Fairfield four well, I started out for heaven oh, and I still can Now this may be a completely unknown track to most of you, and it is by a, kind of a, like a gospel church, uh, church group. Well, uh, and uh, the reason why I chose this track is because, well, it came from uh, I I got to know this track from one one of my kind of favorite movies. I have lots of good memories to this movie called Norbit, and. Uh, I also uh, listened a whole lot to this track well, after my grandfather's passing. I think it was a very soothing track and was really helpful coping. And, uh, Jonas, what is your number f- uh, five or honorable mention? Oh, I've, yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought. I thought we were doing honorable mentions, not that yeah, far. Yeah, sure. Um, honorable mention, I would probably say... I'm Yours by Jason Emraz. But I won't hesitate no more, no more. It cannot wait. I'm yours. And that's mostly due to the nostalgia that I get from listening to it. I mean, uh, back in the day in my little room with my little computer, um, I usually sat and listened to a bunch of radio songs and such. Um, I've basically been into music, yeah, since I was a kid, like maybe since I was four years old, since I discovered how the radio works and such. And this song in itself is one of the first songs that, you know, I actually kind of listened to and kind of started, you know, getting the feel of the rhythm and stuff. And then uh, over time, I, you know, grew as a person and such, of course. Uh, and I received my own music taste and such. And I'd have to say that some of that is probably due to a bunch of these songs I played on the radio for a while ago, including this one. All right. So at my number five is Life is a Highway, the Rascal Flats version. And this song, I have a whole lot of nostalgia tied to because of the Cars movie. I absolutely love the scene which this uh, song is featured while uh, they're driving, like going on a road trip. And I use I usually listen to this track while, uh, and I used to listen to this track while being uh, in a car driving on the highway, like at night, and it it is so soothing. Mm-hmm. And I also think this is a very great track. It's both, both as a road trip track and as a solid pop rock, modern, yeah, modern rock uh, track. And it's a great cover off of the original Tom Cochrane's version. I actually think the, the Rascal Flatts version, which is my 
favorite uh, is better than the original. Mm. What's so funny is that I actually listened to it while driving yesterday. <laughs> it, it is such a great road trip track. I know. I mean, even though I was only out driving for like 15 minutes, I love listening to this song. It's so amazing. I mean, all of these songs pretty much um, just, I, I might as well say it now. They're pretty much like nostalgic songs. But um, I mean, gosh darn it. I mean, that track is just, it's my everything. I mean, it's such a, it's also a great uh, karaoke track as well. I know we've ha- uh, done karaoke to this track as well. It's so awesome to just uh, scream it out loud. Yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, I, I would say that um, my number five then would probably be uh, Clocks by Coldplay. Like I said, I mean, I love this song mostly due to the nostalgia, but this is also, this was also my first entry into Coldplay. Um, My sisters um, had a bunch of Coldplay discs at home one time, and I decided to just uh, go out to the car one day and listen to them. And this, this was kind of my entry into, you know, their world of music and um i mean i'm pretty much forever grateful that 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 is how i kind of clicked with them and out of all the songs that i listened to obviously clocks was my favorite and so therefore i've decided to pick this for my number five all right so my number four is uh, uh, you don't own me Say Grace featuring GEC, which is also a cover of Leslie Gore's old track of the same name. And this song uh, was featured on the su- su- uh, the 2016 version of the Suicide Squad uh, on the soundtrack. And well, as far as the movie goes, it's quite crappy, but I really enjoyed the soundtrack. And this cover ver- version is so amazing. The GEC part, not so much, but my god, uh, Say Grace's vocals on this record are immaculate. This this is one of my favorite vocal performances. And I know we've brought up Say Grace before in some uh, context before on this podcast. And I must praise her for being such a great singer. She's from Australia. And this track, uh, I always get almost goosebumps while listening to the finishing uh, the f- final part of this song because it is such a powerful track and an amazing cover. Oh, uh, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. So for my number four, I would probably I would probably say Say It Right, Nelly Furtado. Um, 
really love how Nelly's voice sound. And it's kind of a shame that she decided to quit making music. But I mean, I, I'd say that, you know, the story behind her music career is more interesting than the sound, than the actual song itself. But that's also like a part to why I love it, that, you know, it, it has this emotional meaning behind it, like many songs. But this one, it's it's just very special. And not only does it have like a personal connection to Nelly, it has a personal connect connection to me and it has a connection to the history of time. You know, yeah, it's it's like a song that will be buried, buried forever with time, you know, definitely. Yes. And moving on to my number three, it is Counting Stars by One Republic. And this is one of those tracks that when I first heard this, I thought to myself, I remember thinking to myself back in like 2013, this is one of my favorite songs of all time. Because mm-hmm. uh, I may not have had as much musical experience as I do now, but it is a goddamn uh, awesome song. Uh, the, uh, almost, the almost like keyboard part, the do-do-do-do-do-do is awesome. And I the vocals are also great. And... Yeah, it is such a great song to sing to, and I also have a lot of nostalgia embedded uh, when, uh, to it. And yeah, I, I really enjoy this song. And it was one of my first songs that I called being one of my favorites. Well, for my number three, I have decided to pick Real Life by The Weeknd. I mean, if you've listened to our podcasts, you've probably known that I'm a big, uh, big The Weeknd fan. Um, I'm, I, would, I am what you would call an EXO person, I guess you can say. Um, but nonetheless, I decided to pick this because it's my favorite, like, intro sequence of his. It, the Real Life is the intro song to Beauty Behind the Madness, and I kind of have to say that I don't believe I have heard a better way to open up an album than this. Um, obviously, his vocals are amazing. I mean, a lot of people love the way he sounds and the way he sings. And I am, of course, one of them. You know, I just love that track for that. And this is probably like one of the albums that I listened to in full for the first time as well. So I believe that has a big connection to why I love him so much. It's because he was pretty much, uh, I don't want to say it because it sounds so weird, but he was my first. (laughs) And uh, moving on to uh, my number two pick is Somebody to Love by Queen.
This is my favorite Queen song, and it is one of the most epic songs I've ever heard. You have the great backup vocals by the rest of the band. You have a, a kick-ass uh, guitar solo in this song that I absolutely get chills listening to. Uh, this is uh, the song that I, I kind of relate to this song. I used to think of this song while going to my old summer job a couple of years ago because I wasn't a big fan of that job. So the lyrics off of uh, uh, this track, like, I work till I ache my bones and uh, uh, lines like that kind of related to me in kind of a dramatical way, like almost too exaggerated. But yeah, I, I've, I've really enjoyed this track. It is amazing vocals, great song, great lyrics, and an amazing work when it comes to the composition of the song, both with backup vocals and the guitar. And he has also an epic, like, uh, like escalating vocals as well. So yeah. Uh, an, an incredible track nonetheless yes and uh, for my number two i would probably pick out of the woods by taylor swift i'm also a very big swifty so that's why this song is also on the list um for, i would say that the first time i discovered her was probably back in 2010 or 2011 um, because I remember once going through the iTunes charts and listening to the different regions of, you know, what people were listening to in uh, different countries. And I remember stumbling upon Taylor Swift and, you know, I thought her music was good, but I never really listened to it because I didn't have enough money to buy songs on itunes and stuff so i just listened to the previous and i was like oh yeah this is good you know but then after a while she started popping up a little bit more in a little bit more globally as she released red and as time passed i obviously began to grow to like her uh more than just listening to her song previews you know uh, and this song in itself is probably one of my favorite amongst my second uh, listened album of hers, which is 1989. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a great song. I love the way that, you know, she sings in these high notes and stuff. And the bridge in this song is just so amazing. I would, I would probably believe that a lot of people could agree with me by saying that this is probably one of her best bridges in all time. Yeah, definitely. And moving on to my number one pick, and it is going to be Come and Get Your Love by Redbone. Now, uh, this is kind of a one-hit wonder from back in the 70s, and I was first introduced to this song, I believe, was in an old IKEA com uh, commercial, uh, where, where they played the song, and I was like, hey, that's a really nice jam, I wonder, I, I want uh, to know, uh, know what the song is, and then I heard it was featured uh, in the opening sequence off of one of my favorite movies, Guardians of the Galaxy, as well, 
And yeah, this is such a uh, th this song I have lots of nostalgia to, and also it never fails to uh, lighten my mood. It is such a good feel feel good song, always puts you in a good mood. And yeah, it's great vocals, and the bass line is uh, real, really like it's fantastic. And yeah, I, I uh, it is one of like. This yeah, this is one of those go-to uh, happy songs. It's fantastic. Yes, on and on the note of go-to happy songs, my top one song would be "Whenever Wherever" by Shakira. I would have to say that, you know, Shakira has been one of my favorite artists since, basically, uh, as far as I can remember. She's been around since longer than I was born. And I mean, I'd have to say that her music has had a close connection to me um, due to the fact that she's also Latina and stuff. Um, you know, I mean, this track in itself, um, Whenever I listen to it, it brings so it brings back so many memories of me sitting in the back of our family wagon just listening to this song, and uh, I mean, it's nice times, I guess you can say. But yeah, that's my top one pick. Wow! All right, so there you have it. Those are our combined top ten songs of all time. Well, thank you all for sticking with us for 10 episodes, and let's yes. hope hope for 10 more episodes at least. And moving mm. on to our uh, new segment, this just in, and this might, might be like almost yesterday's news, but Billie Eilish has gone blonde, and it has taken the world by storm, because first she posted her, uh, she posted, the first picture posted of her new uh, hair color, broke the Instagram record for the fastest post to reach 1 million likes. And then she went and posted another picture of herself with her uh, new hairdo, and it broke the record again. Uh, and that, that <laughs> time she broke the record uh, in six seconds. So she her post got uh, 1 million likes in six seconds. It's insane. I guess you can say a lot of people are very hyped for this upcoming era. Us included. Yes. Uh, moving on to uh, last week, we talked last time we talked about the Grammy, uh, the Grammys, and we're now going to take a look at the results. We made some predictions last time, so we'll see how many we got right. So first off, record of the year went to. Everything I Wanted by Billie Eilish, which I I don't think we predicted that song winning, uh, but uh, because mm -hmm. it, it has kind of been around since 2019, but it is still an amazing track, no, nevertheless. Yeah, I mean, uh, I guess it would be worth to mention that I that I believe that I heard that the cutoff point is somewhere in August 2019. For songs to be submitted uh, for the 
the Grammys this year. Right. So I mean, that's probably why it 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 made the cut. It was like it was this close to not making it. I guess you can say. Yeah. Right. Right on. And next up is album of the year, and it went to Folklore by Taylor Swift. I think this made Jones and I very happy. Oh yes, it made me very very happy. I believe uh, uh, she won a Grammy for. Did she win a Grammy for Lover as well? Like last time um, around. Yeah, I do believe she won a Grammy for Lover, but I don't know. Th- she didn't win anything for Reputation. Reputation didn't even get nominated. I believe. No, but yeah, she uh, she's been killing it last year. Like she was one of the biggest last year. Yeah, definitely. She's definitely grown as an artist and such. And yeah, I mean, yes. Uh, moving on to song of the year, and it went to "I Can't Breathe" by her. And I think you predicted this one, maybe potentially winning Jonas. Yeah, I believe I did, but uh, I, I can't really remember though. Yeah, it's been a while. Next yes. up, the best new artist. It went to Megan Thee Stallion, and if uh, Megan Thee Stallion had quite the sweep with her Savage remix featuring Beyonce, like Beyonce got a whole lot of Grammys for being a part of the Savage remix. Mm, yeah, and I guess Megan deserved it. She was big. Uh, she dropped her uh, album, and she did a whole lot of big collabs with Ariana Grande and Doja Cat, and obviously uh, WAP with uh, Cardi B, and the uh, Savage remix was also huge. So yeah, definitely, she definitely deserved it. Uh, next up is the best pop solo performance, and it went to Harry Styles with Watermelon Sugar. And this was quite interesting, but I think... Because I'm not a huge fan of Watermelon Sugar, uh, but as long Me as neither. as long as uh, Jamie didn't win, and as a disclosure uh, disclaimer, uh, Bieber did not win a single Grammy, so I think we're both happy on that part. Yeah, I think we got a little bit of a mini victory right there. Yeah, uh, I do. I oh yeah, no, I go do ahead. think that I do think that Don't Start Now or Cardigan should have won though, but you know, it is what it is. Yeah. But ne- and, uh, the next uh, category was best pop duo slash group performance, and this went to one we both uh, rooted for, and it was Rain on Me with Lady Gaga and Ariana Grande. And I think we can both agree that this was one of the best collabs of last year. It really like light mm. helped uh, basically most people get through quarantine. It was such a great track, and I think it still sounds fresh and it's still very enjoyable. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And last ca- category we'll be taking a look at is the best pop vocal album. And uh, this went to Future Nostalgia by Dua Lipa, and I'm very happy because I think we've both been stressing this a whole lot that she really deserved a Grammy for the, the Future Nostalgia album because Dua Lipa has really, really developed as an artist from her uh, uh, debut album to Future Nostalgia, so yeah, Future Nostalgia was basically like a pop phenomenon last year, so definitely deserved the win of as the pop vocal album. 
Definitely. And can we talk about her Grammy performance? She absolutely killed it. Oh, it was flawless. I, a lot of pe- I've seen a lot of people say that that might, might have been her best performance ever. And she also brought up the uh, baby. He he showed up as well. And other yeah. notable. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know about the baby. I mean, he he, he kind of seemed like he got like two hours of sleep before he did that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, he had no energy at all. Yeah. Uh, and other notable performances were uh, Billie Eilish performed everything I wanted on top of a sinking car, like kind of drawing parallels to the everything I wanted music video. And a Doja Cat also had a great performance where she kind of started began teasing her new uh, era uh, that, uh, because she has an upcoming album called Planet Her, I believe. And she was wearing like a, a whole black uh, leather suit, kind of like she's going for kind of a space galaxy uh, vibe. And I'm really interested to see where she's going in her career. And also Taylor uh, performed a medley of Cardigan, August, and Willow. And I love this set because they had kind of the house from Cardigan. And yeah, I agree. She, she had a great performance as well. Absolutely, yes. And moving on uh, from the Grammys to a couple of uh, teasers, a whole lot of teasing this a uh, couple of these couple of weeks. Caroline yes. Polacek. Who we brought, who I brought up a couple of weeks ago in Awesome Artists. She's com- uh, confirmed that she's making a new album, and uh, uh, I'm pretty sure it'll be tied to her single she dropped last year called Breathless. So I'm excited to see what she's got uh, cooking because Pang was a really good electro electronic album. So I'm really excited for that. Yes, and on the topic of people having stuff cooking and people that we've brought up on uh, Awesome Artists previously, Holly Humberstone is going to be releasing a new song called Haunted House on April the 6th. So me and Alvin are both very excited to hear that. Yeah, uh, she, I, I, I believe she's, uh, she's had this song stored uh, in her possession for quite some time. She, I know mm-hmm. she's... Uh, uh, released demos f- uh, for this Haunted House track, but we're finally getting a full-length version of it, and I'm really excited. I think this w- may be one of the first singles she's, she'll be dropping for her upcoming EP, which shouldn't be coming in too long of a time. Yeah, yeah, it should be like here very soon. Yeah. But we have more teasing to get into. Well, and uh, that is that Rihanna has teased that she might drop a new song. So, I mean, this could be the gateway to her announcing her album. That's what I hope it is. But, I mean, we're not even certain she's going to uh, release a song or not. She just said she might. But, I mean, it's better than not hearing anything from her musically at all uh, for, like what, what, like, four years now or something like that. Almost more if we're, ta- we're talking yeah. about her latest album, which came out in 2016, I believe. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's about time, uh, Riri. Yeah, but enough about teasers for now. We're going to talk about a little bit more nostalgia. We're not leaving the nostalgia train yet. 
but um, if you guys like to feel old, um, Hannah Montana has recently celebrated her 15 years, and uh, Miley Cyrus, the the girl who played Hannah Montana, um, recently went around um, giving people flowers in the name of Hannah Montana, which I believe you know that was very that was very cute of her to do. I really like that. Um, and she also um, reactivated the Hannah Montana account, I believe. Um, I believe she commented on someone's post as well. I, I think she commented on uh, Billie Eilish's post saying like, um, oh, I knew someone had stole my wig or something like that when she told that uh, Billie, when they realized Billie went blonde. That's hilarious. Yes. And uh, speaking of anniversaries, Future Nostalgia, we're back at it again, celebrates its one-year anniversary after its release. And, well, time has really flown by, because I remember last spring being really hyped for this album to come out. Like, you had all these awesome singles, like Physical and uh, Don't Start Now, and Break My Heart, who were all dropped uh, prior uh, to the album. And, yeah. I can't believe it's already been a year, and it's uh, just like Rain on Me. I think Future Nostalgia made the quarantine more, uh, more uh, easily livable. Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, just like just reading that, I kind of remember rethinking what we did when the album released. I remember you and I talked about it a couple of weeks before. I believe we said like uh, we noticed that. Dua Lipa is gonna do a comeback when she dropped like "Don't Start Now." And then we found out about the album and stuff, and then I remember we went to like a hamburger place or something, and then we talked about the album in in detail. Oh, uh, oh yeah, times. yeah, we definitely did. I remember. I think we played this album as well, like at some friend's house as well. Out, pro- yes, yeah, yeah, uh, we did. All right. Yep, and next up we're gonna talk about Lil Nas X again, and that is and that is that he's confirmed that his album Montero is coming this summer. So uh, I'm very excited. This seems like a pretty much full on return from Lil Nas X. He's just going full speed ahead after Holiday. Uh, it seems. Um, I'm hoping that he's gonna drop some real summer tunes. Um, I have no doubt that he actually is going to have the ability to. So, yeah, I'm very excited to hear what he has to come up with. Holiday summer version. <laughs> and uh, next up is another teaser. We're not done with the teasing just yet. Olivia Rodrigo is possibly teasing a new project coming soon uh, through her Instagram. Uh, for the last couple of days, she's been posting uh, videos of a TV screen, an old TV screen with different uh, motives, like a melting ice cream and such, with without any audio. So I think she's, uh, yeah, we, we both think uh, that she's up to something. And guess we'll just have to wait and see what that could possibly be. Yeah, definitely. Um, yep, and the last piece of news that we have is that new music from the weekend is coming it's on the way however it seems like it's going to be released for nfts first and well to just like briefly explain what an nft is it's 
basically a market for rich people to buy uh, original work. So, I mean, I guess you can say that if I go and buy this song from the weekend as an NFT, it basically means that I have a certificate of authenticity for that song. So I own that copy legally outright. It's not, it's kind of like buying a song on iTunes, but with extra steps, I guess you can say. That's kind of cool. It's kind of like investing in stocks. Yeah, kind of, kind of. And a lot of people are kind of, uh, they're considering, you know, actually investing in it and then trying to sell it off. But uh, it's kind of uh, debatable whether you can sell, resell stuff like that. Because, it. I mean, previous times they've, you know, gone down in value and such. But I mean, we'll see, we'll see. The main point is that we're getting new music from Abel and uh, that's all that matters. Exactly, that's all that matters. And that's it for uh, our uh, 10 uh, episode celebration extravaganza uh, episode. Thank you all for sticking yes. with us and we'll be back next time. Bye bye. Yes, bye bye.